You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Well, without question, I mean, obviously, the uh, the big story, uh, folks, is this. It is, uh, as they're saying the term, I like the term, biblical-type weather that has actually been hitting us. I mean, it is, when you think about it, not long ago, it would have been unusual and bizarre for a tornado uh, to be going off in our area. Now it's it's almost becoming commonplace in some ways where you know in the past that just would have been so rare for something like that to happen but it does seem now that we're not let's just say is thrown by it and and I don't think that's going to be the end of it either as far as I think this some of this extreme weather that we're getting with the heavy rains and the floods and now even tornado hitting um there is definitely something going on with our with our weather. Now, not everyone, obviously, right? Like a lot of people, um, it, it, it didn't impact in any way. It's small pockets, seemingly, where this is hitting. But uh, without question, it's, it's very unusual. And now we have to worry about this potential hurricane now coming, Hurricane Lee. So now this is going to be another problem, let alone we've already had so much flooding. I feel terrible for the people that are in low-lying areas because they're really getting uh, tested with all this flooding. Let's hear the latest now on this tracking lead. Lee as it continues to move north in the Atlantic now. New video this morning from New Brunswick, Canada, which as of last check seems to be closer to where Lee will make landfall. Yeah, I've seen some folks in our area pulling their boats out of the water for the weekend as well, just to be extra safe. Jake Holter, live in studio right now to uh, share how Rhode Island is preparing for any potential impact. Yeah, that's right, Kate and Patrick. Experts understandably keeping a close eye on Hurricane Lee as it moves up the Atlantic. Thankfully, it has been decreasing in strength. The once monster Category 5 storm, now a Category 2, and expected to continue to weaken. But that doesn't mean its impacts won't be felt. Governor Dan McKee says he and Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos met with the leadership of all state agencies yesterday to go over preparations just in case. Rideout says they'll be clearing storm drains and have crews ready for any downed trees. And Rhode Island Energy says they have additional workers on standby. While most models currently have the hurricane making landfall to the east of us, Rhode Island Emergency Management says it's better to be overprepared than underprepared. At a certain point, we have to make decisions. Now, they always say, you know, is it better to make the decision nothing happened? I say yes. But we're here for the citizens. And whatever we need to do as it comes up the coast, we'll be here 24-7. As the hurricane continues to creep closer to New England, it is important to have your plan in place again just in case. Have a disaster kit on standby and always be prepared for what you would do in a power outage. For now, live in studio, Jake Holter, 12 News. You know what's a joke, folks, that I picked up in that is this whole business, and she's out there, is Governor McKee and Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. I mean, it's just such a joke. At this point, her political future is over. She finished fourth in the CD1 primary forever. She is the signature scandal. And and by the way, that, that case is still going on. They're still investigating that. That's a criminal matter regarding the fraudulent um, signatures that were handed in. Let's hear more, though, on this severe weather. Tornado warnings, flash floods. <laughs> What is happening? Now, it's not impacting everybody. The Let me hear This is uh, NBC 10. And the students saw it happen. The night team's Molly Levine is live there now. Molly? On the scene, Levine. Yeah, Dan and Patrice, you can see behind me, caution tape is up. That press box is flipped over right there. Now, wind and rain so heavy that it caused that. We talked to that freshman who was on the field when it happened. Playing football, you know, just crashing around and everything, and... I don't know, it kind of just started raining. Freshman Max Morin was hoping to get some extra practice in tonight. Yeah, it was fine, and out of nowhere, it just happened. Like, it just happened so fast. You see things were flying everywhere, and it just got, like, all dusty everywhere, everything. So we didn't know what to do, so we just ran up here. Press box flipped over after a heavy rain and wind hit the area. Max isn't the only one who got spooked by the storm. Holy sh**. A viewer sending us this video from North Central State Airport in Smithfield. You can clearly see a funnel cloud in the distance. Holy sh**. 
The storm coming in from the western part of the state near Connecticut. Some roads impassable for hours. Well, we got a call for uh, tree down on wires on Chippy School House Road. Road blocked, power out. Thankfully, no injuries reported. The resident who lives here says they're running on a generator. We'll get this cleared out and the road open back up and they'll probably have to change the pole. So they'll be doing that. They'll be here all night doing that, I'm sure. Our camera's rolling when the tree crews arrived, cleaning up the damage left behind from yet another strong box. storm in southern New England. And while cleanup is underway over there in Foster, there's no word yet on when this will be cleaned up here in Lincoln. Live in Lincoln tonight, Molly Levine, NBC 10 News 19. All right, that's an awful lot about just the press box. And it flipped the press box over. A tree did fall on a Lincoln home during the storm. So that's a problem. Um, I have a couple days here before the next storm <laughs> comes through. It is a little ridiculous at this point. So let me hear the latest. A tree fell on a home in uh, Lincoln. Call Yankee Tree Service. Describe seeing the damage yep. for the first time, and it's only Show on the press box. Hey, good morning, Mario and Allison. I'm here in Lincoln, as you mentioned. I can show you here just some of the damage to this house here. You can see that tree completely fallen on this family's home, and there's some downed power lines here behind me and some split trees as well. And the crazy part is, for everybody who lives across the street, it's like nothing happened at all. So definitely a clear line of destruction. We're told cleanup should begin around 8 o'clock this morning. Patrick and Victoria live here on this street and shared these photos here exclusively with NBC10 of that 70-foot tree on top of their roof yesterday. They weren't home at the time, but Patrick's grandfather says he saw what looked like a tornado touchdown right in their backyard. Patrick says he described it as a loud roar, and then everything went quiet. Wow. He came home to see their yard on the street he grew up on completely destroyed. It was a shock having the house mean so much to me, and it was literally, I was, I was down almost on my knees, just kind of with my hands on my head, looking at the house, and neighbors were driving by, stopping, asking if we needed anything. Now, Patrick says you could see the line of destruction there in their backyard and in their neighbors' homes as well. He's just glad that no one was hurt. He says that they couldn't even walk through their backyard yesterday because of how many trees were down. For now, live in Lincoln, Allegra Zaymore, NBC 10 News. Now, remember, you, call, Yankee Trev call uh, Yankee Tree Service, folks for uh, all your tree needs. But something to watch is, in fact, this Hurricane Lee. High wind rain coming, supposedly this weekend, southern New England. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. Three two three ninety two fifty two. AJ Drywall Plasters Home Improvement Frame to Finish Basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions, also commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, there's been a lot of talk, video. Check out DePietro.com. We have everything on these Newport wedding guests. While they were in court, some of them were yesterday. Let's pick it up. I believe uh, Channel 12, actually, they just did a quick blurb on it. The suspects were arraigned Wednesday on multiple charges, including assaulting police officers and or disorderly conduct. Police released this body camera footage of the brawl on Bowen's Wharf earlier this week. Two of the suspects are charged with felonies. They'll be back in court in October and November. The others were charged with misdemeanors and were released on bail. Now, something that I want to point out is that was really wise by the Newport police to release the body cam. Uh, video and release it immediately so these people or others could not try to frame this story
because make no mistake about it now if you haven't seen it if you log on to petro.com i have links to the videos these people were completely drunk disorderly but where the felonies come in is they were then cut off from going to drink at there's a place called the landing and they didn't like the idea of that because they had been drinking for 12 hours and like at a, at a wedding all day and what do they decide to do to start to fight the newport police and one of the more egregious is there is video of one of them and it's a it's a female and this is the the part that's gotten so many people upset you see clear video where she's attempting to take the officer's gun out of the holster and as a result of that the officer turned around and immediately struck that individual and that caused her to fall back and she banged her head and she was out briefly so folks there, there was um for all of this talk about these people saying that the cops were in the wrong meaning the newport police and they were rough with them what, what was this over this was over a group of highly intoxicated individuals uh that had been at a wedding earlier and decided they were upset that they couldn't keep drinking into the night and when they were refused entrance into a, a restaurant um that also has you know a large outside bar they became um, very aggressive and refused to listen and security there contacted the police and the next thing you know then they're very combative with the police but i have no sympathy for these individuals i know the attorney general's office is looking at it again i want to point out newport police were very wise to get out the body cam video and then these idiots and losers these drunken losers have to go to court yesterday and now in the light of day and a few days later was it that important was it really what what like where was the fire what was so important that you needed to get into this place and, and keep drinking but there's like many times like there, there's no rational explanation for that but what i just find so disturbing is these are not you know 19 year old one of them there are a couple the husband's 44 the wife is 41 she was the one charged with the felony there's something wrong with this woman uh without question in my mind that you're willing to go through all of that and it was it was over what you know that's what i i keep coming back to it was it was in essence simply because it had been a long day of drinking and they just wanted to continue drinking and then when told no they were willing to go after and battle the newport police first they were you know if, if you're willing to do that um which is go after the security at uh the the landing then of course then you're not going to hesitate to then punch the police but so the six of them over the weekend um and then of course they had to go into court but it's just absolutely despicable disgraceful behavior that is on full display and again i want to repeat i see from what i i like some people you know always try to defend there's two sides to every story and you know those those people did not no they, they did every as a matter of fact they did everything wrong they didn't need to be doing that the police had better things to do than be dealing with them and the next thing you know now you know good they have to lawyer up and the charge against that woman trying to you know grab the gun from the newport police officer yeah that's that's going to stay with her for quite some time since it's a felony so no this business in and it doesn't matter that it was a female and for some reason some people still seem very upset and that's the part that they're critical um about the newport police is the fact that you know one of the ones that was was struck in the course of it happened to be a female but it was the female that 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 obnoxious woman from borrington um you know she's the one kicking the police right in the groin area and then punching the police and then 
in, in essence, then trying to steal the gun of the police officer. So I, I just I have no sympathy for those individuals. They don't have a good excuse. This wasn't a, a traffic stop that escalated. They don't have a leg to stand on. They were totally in the wrong. But they decided, well, we're just going to we're going to battle the police because it's our right uh, to try to get in to the landing and keep drink drinking, even though they already seemed almost like they were out on their feet. So I don't know why. But, folks, th- this is also the problem when you're dealing with people like that. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Beer and Dynamite Fundraiser, coming up September 22nd from 5 to 9. Entertainment by Fixed Income. Tickets are just $20. All goes to a great cause. Help Ron McKenzie with continued treatment and recovery. Suffered that brain injury, back cardiac arrest 2020. Proceeds benefiting his treatment at the Apex Brain Center in North Carolina. For tickets, donations, more information, contact Sue McKenzie at 401-487-4136. It's all happening at the Italian Working Men's Club, 947 Diamond Hill Road. It's coming up September 22nd. Beer and Dynamite Fundraiser. Help our friend Ron McKenzie. Again, more information, tickets, contact 401-487-4136. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, folks, um, very odd about the uh, Providence, College, uh, Providence College player Alan Breed. Charges have now been dropped against him, and we've learned a lot more about the story and the more we're learning, more details coming out. Um, I, I don't blame uh, this player and some of his friends and so forth for being a little upset with how this thing came out and shook out, only because some of the more details, state prosecutors dismissed the charges. Former PC player Alan Breed wasn't enough evidence. He was the one arrested in April, off-campus incident, uh, incident, brandishing firearm on and off girlfriend, demanded her car keys. 33-year-old woman. Now, he apparently met her on TikTok. I've actually seen her on TikTok. She's um, actually a total idiot. What she does is she's a bartender in a men's club, and she just goes TikTok live and she just comes up to the screen, and all these loser guys then are just giving her money. So she doesn't do anything. She just puts it on, and then people, as you can imagine, the type that would do it, but they give her money. So she followed him from California to Providence. She told police he broke into her home, ordered her guests to leave, then fled with her phone and car keys. But the next day, the same woman told police, now, this part I didn't. She found her cell phone in the trunk of her guest's car, and she was intoxicated at the time of her report. Now, that's a big deal of fled with her phone in car keys. Then she's like, oh, it was actually in the trunk of her guest's car. She said she was unsure of the elements of her previous statement. Now, police never found a gun. Now, it is very possible that somehow, through his people, they returned her phone, and then she came up with it. But she definitely wasn't cooperating. She wouldn't talk to police after that. I know police were under fire from Providence College. But as well as, well as, as long, excuse me, the way it's being explained now, and Breed's lawyer, Bill Lynch, former Democrat chair, saying the case was malicious without merit. If this wasn't a black athlete at Providence College, this case wouldn't be seeing the light of day. He had said previously that that's completely untrue. So it sounds like this woman recanted after some of Breed's people started leaning on her and putting pressure on her. But police had to go with what they have had at the time. They did have evidence of this. This business of this wasn't a black athlete, it would be that that's completely false. And that's right up like Bill Lynch's uh, alley. Lynch said Wednesday the dismissal was good news, but the timing was unfortunate. He had many schools interested in him, hesitant to bring him on board with the criminal charges hanging. 
Uh, he and his family are obviously relieved. This was terrible for them to go through. Now, I've spoken with off-the-record police, and they basically say that it happened exactly as they had been told. And then it was only after some legal people and some of Breed's people started getting involved that this woman started changing her story, such as this business about the cell phone was in the trunk of the guest car. That doesn't make sense to anybody. No one believes that. They believe that he got it back to her, and then that's essentially what she told police. So, folks, it's another example. You know, police were in a tough situation, and then you get the pile-on from uh, the former chairman of the Democrat Party. And that statement, uh, if this had been any— no. That, that's that's not it. You know, That's that, uh, the Providence police were very hesitant to do that. What were they supposed to do? If this wasn't a black athlete, this case wouldn't be seeing the light of day. If, if this weren't a black athlete at Providence College, someone like Bill Lynch wouldn't be representing him. So that's a ridiculous statement to try to infer that somehow it was because of the Providence police at the Attorney General, General's office. Yeah, any of these types of cases... They were arrested. They go through the system, but they don't have, uh, you know, someone. And the and the other attorney was from his brother's law firm. They don't have have them representing them in court. So that's another part of the unusual nature of this whole thing, folks. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. The Coincid Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Delicious food and drink. They have a great bar area. Always a dependable menu. Whether you're going to eat there or take out, a delicious meal is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Look for them online. You can also find them on Facebook. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, always a good time at the Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. While they finally caught up, escaped murderer, Danlo Cavalcanti. Tremendous capture. Let's hear the story on it. This morning, convicted killer Danilo Cavalcante back behind bars, now in a maximum security facility, two weeks after breaking out of prison in Pennsylvania. Our nightmare is finally over, and the good guys won. The manhunt coming to an intense conclusion early Wednesday morning. Cavalcante seen in that stolen Eagle sweatshirt, described by authorities as wet and weathered. The 34-year-old detailing his survival in a four-hour interview with authorities. He did say on three occasions, law enforcement officers did almost step on him. He also told us that he survived by eating watermelon the first couple of days. He stated he intended to carjack somebody in the next 24 hours and that he was going to head north to Canada or try to get out of the United States and head back to Puerto Rico. Officials say officers cornered Cavalcante in South Coventry Township, a DEA plane with thermal imaging detecting heat signals around 1 a.m., about an hour after a home burglary alarm was triggered nearby. A lightning storm forced that DEA plane to leave. The officers then forming a tight perimeter, waiting until sunrise. Shortly after 8 a.m., tactical teams converged on the area where the uh, heat source was. They were able to move in very quietly. They had the element of surprise. Cavalcante was lying prone in some underbrush, armed with that stolen, loaded rifle. Officials say by the time he realized he'd been spotted, he was already surrounded. That did not stop him from trying to escape. He began to crawl through thick underbrush, taking his rifle with him as he went. But it was this Customs and Border Protection canine named Yoda who finally took Cavalcante down. Authorities say likely preventing Cavalcante from ever firing that rifle. Officers in tactical gear loading Cavalcante into an armored van, a visible trail of blood on his face from a dog bite wound, but otherwise unharmed. Your officers were authorized to use lethal force. Was the goal, though, to bring him in alive? It always is. So that's a last resort, and uh, it's, it's meant to uh, protect the public so that we don't have someone who we consider to be a very dangerous individual who poses a threat if he's allowed to continue uh, being out there in the, in the community. 
Cavalcante was sentenced to life in prison without parole for the murder of his ex-girlfriend, Deborah Brandau. Her sister posting on Instagram, thanking law enforcement, writing, the past two weeks have been extremely painful and terrifying. And while he is already facing life in prison, Cavalcante is now expected to be arraigned on a felony escape charge, and he'll appear via video for that 2017 murder out of Brazil, his native country, for which he was never captured. Rebecca? And such a relief for that community there after this. Without question. I mean, what a tremendous job by law enforcement in uh, capturing that guy. And you also, you know what's also interesting about that, folks, is the number of times they almost stepped on him, and he was right there in the brush uh right around them and then still even as they're walking over him they don't know that he's there plus it's nighttime and it's thick brush now the clock is ticking down this is going to be really interesting president biden the uaw strike it sure looks like it's happening let's hear the latest this morning the american auto industry is on the brink of an unprecedented strike that could have major consequences for the entire u.s economy for the first time in our history we may strike all three of the big three at once. We are the union! The United Auto Workers president announcing plans to go out on strike after weeks of negotiations between the union and Ford, GM, and Chrysler owner Stellantis have so far failed to reach a deal. Workers are poised to walk out at specific targeted plants of all three major automakers a huge step. Who are we? Among the workers' demands, a 40% wage increase over the next four years, with the union arguing that's what the CEOs have gotten since the last contract. A return to pension plans eliminated during the financial crisis, retiree health care, and a four-day work week. It looks on paper like we're asking for a lot, but a lot of people have been left behind. Union members pointing to a decade of record profits for the automakers and to those huge CEO salaries. I don't mind them making that money, but I think we need to take care of the employees. But the companies say the workers' demands are unrealistic, especially as the industry struggles to transition to electric vehicles. We're literally fighting for the future of automotive manufacturing in our country. Um, but we're optimistic we'll find a way forward. Workers here tell us they're anxious, several telling us nobody wins in a strike, but they're also determined. They want to seize this moment. They believe that this is the time to reset the balance between workers and management, which has gone so far out of whack in the past few decades, and not just in the auto industry. Michael? All right, Terry, we hope they can make... They can. You know, the... Um, I mean, some obviously, you know, it is true that the automakers have had tremendous... Uh, profits and so forth but some of their demands this this is not good for president biden this is not good for president biden at all and the industry is really up in the air with with what's happening with all these electric vehicles uh also former massachusetts governor mitt romney is not going to be seeking re-election for the Senate. To next year. Let's pick it up. George, good morning. Senator Mitt Romney's career in American politics may be coming to an end, but not without a stark warning for the future of his party and the country. This morning, Senator Mitt Romney calling for a new generation of leadership, announcing he will not seek re-election next year. I just don't think that we need another person in their 80s. Uh, I'm a little long of tooth already. We don't need more like me. The 76-year-old has been in the public eye nearly his whole life, the son of Michigan Governor George Romney. He served as the CEO of the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City and governor of Massachusetts. After one failed run for president in 2008, Romney became the Republican nominee in 2012, the first Mormon to lead a ticket. But after he lost to President Obama, his brand of moderate politics became an outlier in the GOP. When Romney won Utah's open Senate seat in 2018, he became one of the few Republicans to speak out against Trump. He is the only Republican senator who voted to convict Trump in both of his impeachment trials. Were I to ignore the evidence that has been presented and disregard what I believe my oath and the Constitution demands of me for the sake of a partisan end, it would, I fear, expose my character to history's rebuke and the censure of my own conscience. But the former president still dominates the Republican Party, now the front runner once again.
Do you feel like this is a Republican Party that is beholden to former President Donald Trump? Well, there's no question, but that the Republican Party today is is in the shadow of Donald Trump. Uh, he is the leader of the greatest portion of the Republican Party. Uh, it's a populist, I believe, demagogue portion of the party. Trump responding, calling Romney's retirement fantastic news for America, but Romney says he is convinced in time the party will move past the former president, saying young voters want leaders that are focused on the future and issues, not past grievances. Guys. Okay, Rachel, thanks. George. You know, again, you think about it. He ran in, uh, I mean, he was the ticket. I voted for him against President Obama in 2012. And when I was on the radio in Boston, my first guest was Governor Mitt Romney. He had a new book out. And I also, I, I found he was just, I, I liked him a lot. Uh, he was very nice to me. In 2005, at the Super Bowl in Jacksonville, the day before, there was a big event for all Patriot fans. And I ended up being there with both, at the time, Governor Romney and his wife, Ann, who was uh, just terrific. So I recognize a lot of the, the Trump people now really have a strong dislike for him. And they don't like the moderate brand. They don't like the moderate brand. But I always thought, I thought he was a, a good governor when he was the governor of Massachusetts. And um, it just had a good way about him as well. So, folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Yankee Tree Service. Call them today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts from Lincoln. You can always find them online, yankeetreeservice.com. Tree removal since 2006, 24-7 emergency service available. It's Yankee Tree. Folks, I've dealt with them for years. Tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning. Also, emergency service and bucket truck service. You can depend on on Yankee Tree Service. Call them today. Get a free quote, 401-439-6028. And remember, with Yankee Tree Service, they have the licensed arbitus. They'll come out and they'll explain which tree maybe you want to get removed, maybe what tree you don't want to get removed. Tree pruning, also one of the best things you can do for your property and for your trees. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today, the tree trimming experts based out of Lincoln. Call them at 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Folks, joining us right now from the Boston Globe is columnist Dan McGowan. And Dan, uh, in Roadmap, you uh, illustrate and I think actually scoop and break the news that former governor of Rhode Island, Regina Raimondo, now Commerce Secretary, I think it's a brilliant move that she's now moving into the area, will become the authority on AI. You know, John, last week when we talked, you and I were, were uh, not joking, but but maybe having a slight laugh at the idea of you know, Gina Raimondo running for president, uh, you know, next year, you're more convinced of it than I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I gotta tell you, she's leaning into every major uh, crisis or opportunity, depending on how you look at it, uh, that, that you can lean into, uh, you know, China earlier this month and now artificial intelligence. And she got you know, a bunch of major companies, uh, you know, Adobe, IBM to sign on to um, these, these basically these voluntary, but very real standards that, uh, you know, essentially say, Hey, if we're going to use AI, we're going to use it for, you know, the public good, right? We, we want to use AI to solve, you know, to, to, to cure cancer, not to, you know, push misinformation, things like that. It sounds a little kind of in the clouds and kind of idealistic, but uh, it shows you how new this technology is, how much the government, I think, is really worried about, you know, uh, I think it's foreign adversaries, especially, um, you know, kind of leading the way on it. And, uh, you know, who do you bring in? If you're the Biden administration, who do you bring in uh, to really wrangle uh, private business? You bring in the Commerce Secretary, the person who, yep. the one person in the administration who I think has kind of universal um, support among the business community, maybe not universal, but close to, and 
not just that, but you know, there's no level of bipartisanship in in in, a, in you know in Congress these days. But the one person that you do hear. Uh, occasionally you'll hear a Republican say, you know what, that Gina Raimondo, she's, she's a sharp cookie. Uh, and so I think it's a smart move by the Biden administration, but it's a really savvy move by Gina Raimondo because it's something that she can once again dig her teeth into. Uh, as you and I have talked about for years, one of the things that you've always observed about Gina Raimondo is, you know, you know talk about the best test taker you've ever met. She, yep. is, she is somebody who can... Uh, probably did not know a lot about artificial intelligence, uh, you know, a, a year ago or 10, certainly not 10 or five years ago, but can dive into this, can understand big topics, probably better than almost anybody else in that administration. Dave McGowan, we just watched in CD1 a bunch of Democrats in the, in the, the primary. And the, the biggest challenge was, you know, they're all pretty much the same on Ukraine and healthcare and guns. This is with whoever's in her orbit and i'll give her the credit but there have to be people well maybe it's andy moffett whoever it is that's in her orbit but there's a world of difference she'll stand on the stage she doesn't have a position in china she's the expert on china she doesn't have a position in ai she's the expert on ai it's it's a whole different set of skill set you bring into a discussion a debate when then people are trying to like look at everyone and see who stands out from the pack? It's such a good point. It's, you know, it's interesting is you look at these, you know, used to be in presidential debates, for example, the reason why senators always, you know, uh, it, it, very hard to win as a senator, but the reason why senators always looked better on stage than their colleagues from the House was that, you know, when you're a statewide elected official in any given state, there's just a little, you have a little bit more gravitas. You're not, you're not just kind of, um, uh, you know, trying to get close to your base and things like that. And maybe you're really popular in one district in any given, especially in large states. Um, but, but what we've seen, unfortunately, with, with the way I think what you, what you look at, in, let's say the Republican presidential base, but you saw this in a Democratic presidential in 2020 as well, is like these, these members of Congress, that, that level of expertise that you used to expect from them is not there. And so you hit no. it on the head. She's the kind of person that really can do this. You know, she almost sounds, and, and I think there's been speculation that this could be a future role for her. She almost sounds like the Secretary of State right now. Yes. Which is, which is one of, you know, as high of a place in government as you can really get other than being the President of the United States. So I, I think you're right. I mean, she can go in and really have, you know, true uh, she can tell you a true story about what's happening and, and has that kind of gravitas to be able to um, be taken very seriously. Now, the one thing that's different, you know this from, from watching candidate debates for a long time, is when you, when you kind of know everything, you start to become, I think, uh, you know, bogged down in some, some of the details around. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're not going to think outside of the box because you're going to say, well, that's not realistic, right? Gina Raimondo in, in her last couple of years uh, as governor even got like this a little bit. She would just, she would write off ideas, whether they were good or bad, simply because she would say, well, that's not doable. So we're not going to try it. That's the one challenge when you have, a, you know, some level of expertise, but I'd much rather be her than, you know, even you know, if, if this presidential race were to open up and Joe Biden were to not run for election, I mean, Gina Raimondo versus Kamala Harris on stage. Gina oh, Raimondo is going to be as, not even. Yeah, she's going to she, she, she wins that debate. She probably yes. would have won that debate five years ago. But now yes. with, with the subject matter, you're, you're totally right. Uh, folks, again, it's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, how, how much of a test of this flooding and these problems? Uh, Mayor Smiley's another one. I find, I first of all, fantastic success with the ATVs, but a lot of times he's he's finding you know PVD fest eh, didn't go things can happen that you just don't plan on but th this latest you can have all the different plans you want but if people have that their parking lot is flooded out that becomes the priority yeah i mean this is the the, the hard part of being i think particularly the mayor of a of a big city is you you know you think on on saturday night Brett Smiley's biggest problem of the weekend was PVD Fest wasn't quite as exciting as it used to be, right? Right. And, and and I'm sure, knowing his staff and knowing him, 
he was thinking for much of the weekend about how are we going to respond to this? You know, we're going to have to concede a little bit that things didn't work out that well, but then we can also say, Hey, look, the, you know, certain businesses were happy. And then suddenly just like that, you, you know, you've got looting on branch Avenue, right? right. That's how hard it is to be a mayor of any big city, especially in Providence, but to his credit, you know what? One of the things Mayor Smiley understood, understands, I actually think he learned this from Gina Raimondo and he learned it from Gina Raimondo, not from actually what she always did, but what she didn't do. Gina Raimondo didn't always get out in front of major issues. Remember, she sat on the sidelines for a long time on those when the SNAP benefits had, had a challenge, when people were, That's right. um, you know, were kind of out in the cold, uh, kind of literally. Uh, a couple of different issues. Now, she ended up being, I think, a pretty good leader on COVID, but she did. She did sit on the sidelines. I think I think Brent Smiley, who had a front row seat for that, looks at this and says, I need to be out in front. I need to go out and hold a press conference and say, number one, we're going to do everything we can for these businesses that have, you know, have these flooding issues. Number two, if you have the audacity to be looting, you know, and, and, and destroying your community businesses, um, we're going to prosecute you to the full extent of the law. Um, I, I think it just sends the right message, quite frankly, even if they can't find anybody, even if they don't do it, it's a better message than, you know, the the kind of, I think, what the previous administration would have done, which would have, maybe they would have held a press conference, but they would have almost justified, you know, uh, lawlessness as opposed to saying this is this is not okay. And I think that sends a great message to the business community. It also sends a good message to residents. The people... Uh, you know, in and around kind of the north end of Providence, they don't like to see, you know, a handful of people looting stores. No. You know, they, they're not happy about that. Um, and so I think the mayor has has uh, figured this out to some degree that the only thing is, is with, with natural disasters. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get more rain this weekend. This is yeah. this, this seems to be a little bit of the new normal. And I don't know how quickly um the that you know our government can can solve some of these problems because some of it just honestly it's based on the location of where things are and and so I you know it's going to be interesting to watch how the mayor you know how much the mayor wants to invest in this kind of uh, in addressing this issue um, and what and does it change his focus for the next couple of years you know he did not come into office thinking we're going to solve flooding in Providence and that might actually become one of the most pressing issues for him. The Beer and Dynamite Fundraiser, coming up September 22nd from 5 to 9. Entertainment by Fixed Income. Tickets are just $20. All goes to a great cause. Help Ron McKenzie with continued treatment and recovery. Suffered that brain injury, back cardiac arrest 2020. Proceeds benefiting his treatment at the Apex Brain Center in North Carolina. For tickets, donations, more information... Contact Sue McKenzie at 401-487-4136. It's all happening. The Italian Working Men's Club, 947 Diamond Hill Road. It's coming up September 22nd. Beer and Dynamite Fundraiser. Help our friend Ron McKenzie. Again, more information, tickets, contact 401-487-4136. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs. They're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week. At Med Urgent Care, when you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to At Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be. At Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. 
folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, you're a Providence resident. I'm just curious. You know, it hasn't been a full year. Mayor Smiley won the primary last September. But is is do you notice the differences? The city is the city better. Granted, it's only nine months in. He's got a long way to go. But you know, you tell me. Is it a different place than it was a year ago? I think he's knocked it out of the park on the quality of life stuff. Good. Uh, I think you mentioned the, the ATVs. I mean, yeah. this was an everyday occurrence last summer right. and the previous summer and the summer before that. And you are not hearing about that, uh, you know, anymore. Um, I think he's knocked it out of the park on that. I think he would say the w- one area where he has either come up short or just hasn't quite had the home run or the, the you know, the big success is economic development, which is an area where he really wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to kind of capitalize on some of those relationships that Gina Raimondo had and that he, that by extension, built the big, the big ridding cutting yet or the, you know, the, the, the 2000 jobs coming here, um, those kind of things. And I think he would say, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really, uh, you know, we haven't had the big hit yet. So that would be where his kind of the, the demerit might be. But overall, I think, you, I think it has been a breath of fresh air. Uh, he's done a good job so far. And, and I think um, part of it, too, is just the tone, right? It is that, that idea of, you know, hey, we're going to be responsive to businesses. We're going to, you know, we're not going to just dismiss residents just because they don't like, you know, because they don't like what, you know, the, the ATVs. It's not, we understand that this is a real issue, not just, you know, a handful of people. You know, it used to be written off, let's be honest about it. I think the Lors administration very much used to say, well, everybody that doesn't like everything we say or do is racist. And you're not hearing that tone from Mayor Lors, uh, from Mayor uh, Smiley at all. Dan McGowan, um, in today's uh, edition of the Boston Globe, Providence's $200 million deal with the colleges takes center stage. How big is this for the Smiley administration? Well, it's the other big accomplishment, right? I mean, to, to Mayor Smiley's credit, he said, this is going to be one of my top priorities in my first year. And, you know, he's almost doubling what David Cicilline many years yeah. ago, 20 years ago, was able to get out of the colleges. Not only that, he's done it without a major public fight. Uh, if yeah. you remember, I mean, you, you, were, you were on the radio for this. You were covering yes. this 10 years, especially 10 years ago with, with Angel Tavares. I mean, it was a knockdown, drag out fight with the colleges. Yeah. In this case, Mayor Smiley, who, you know, it helps. Mayor Smiley has a personal relationship with uh, Christina Paxson at Brown, the president of Brown. So, the you know, they can literally sit down. They have dinner together, right? They can sit down and hash things out. You know, sure, President Paxson has to take things to her board. Obviously, Brett Smiley has to get things through the city council. But when you have that kind of relationship, um, which is a lot like what President Paxson had with, again, Gina Raimondo, not Jorge Alorza, uh, not Angel Tavares. Um, you know, I, I think that really helps. So I think this deal is really, it, it seems to be really good. You're always going to get the argument from, you know, certain elected officials, more progressive leaning ones, and, and many residents, quite, you know, not just politicians, who say, I don't understand. Why do, why do I have to always pay my taxes, but they, you know, they get a deal. That's a legitimate conversation, but I would remind people it's one that plays out in every city in the country, uh, every big city, every place that has colleges and, and, you know, major hospital groups. I think this is a good deal. It looks good on its face. Um, You know, again, Dan McGowan and John DePietro, 20 years talking about this on, you know, five mayors from now. Is it possible that we'll be looking at the same problem where we're going to be saying, boy, you know, Brown and, and Providence College don't pay enough. Yeah, I mean, that's probably that's the way deals tend to work. And so it is possible. But I think they, they've gotten the best deal they could possibly get without going to, you know, all out war uh, with with their colleges. Dan McGowan, a, a lot has been written about Gabe Ammo, winner of the CD1 Democrat primary. I'm just curious, now that you've had a chance to really absorb it, reflect in your mind, what what was the key that that th- this turned into basically a blowout? I think it was that poll. I think releasing that poll is yep. as savvy a move. Uh, and in hindsight, it looks like obvious, right? We all say, well, of course, of course, they released the poll. They showed they were surging. Releasing that poll, it, it, it almost first of all, it justified him to the media, who which he needed. 
Um, and it, it, it almost gave voters who were inclined to support Sabina Matos or Sandra Cano um, a pass. It gave them a reason to vote elsewhere. And I think he made a coherent argument. I think the only mistake, we talked about this leading up to the primary, Aaron Regenberg ran a nearly flawless campaign. He did. The thing that he got wrong, uh, I think right there at the end was, you know, the, the whole thing around the debt ceiling. I think yep. it gave, you know, now does that, is that an issue that, that your kind of average sort of relatively uninformed voter knows about? No, but I think it, it, it caused concern among sort of this electorate that is uh, more affluent, uh, much more, uh, much more moderate, I think people saw that, but again, if not for the poll, Aaron Regenberg, I think would have escaped from that. Um, and I think you would have seen a little, you know, Sabina Matos do a little better. I think you would have seen Sandra Cano do a little better. Um, you know, if not for Carlson dropping out of the race, he might've done a little better. And then suddenly it's a one point race instead of a blowout. But that, that I think that's what it was. I think releasing that poll uh, really helped. And, and, and Gabe Amo at the end, you know, showed you once again that, you know, granted, there was only one debate, but debates matter. You know, he, he performed uh, well, not stunning, not did not knock it out of the park. I keep saying he wasn't Helena Folks, but he was very good compared to his opponents on that stage on Channel 12 that night. Folks, again, you hear me mention Roadmap. Uh, you get a lot of information. It arrives in your uh, inbox as far as an email each day. You learn about Gina Raimondo and the tight relationship uh, she's built with Joe Manchin and pork chop recipes. And also <laughs> the fact she's on phone cases. Uh, Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind right now to offer folks, this is free. You get roadmap. It also has all the links in the Boston Globe. Incredible coverage of the Patriots. It is it's still remarkable. The Red Sox are still playing. But I, I mean, just how much this has become a football town. Dan McGowan, how can people start getting roadmap starting tomorrow? Yeah, John, by the way, can you imagine $5 Yankees Red Sox tickets? I mean, uh, I actually, <laughs> I'm not shocked because well, good point. one, they're terrible. And, and number two, this first and foremost, look at Sunday. You had Brady or the big scoreboard in the season opener. So, you know, they know how to do it in Foxborough. <laughs> Deion Sanders is more interesting than the Red Sox. He is. By, by a mile. So. But folks out there, uh, very simple. Send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. You'll start getting it's completely free. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Great job as always. We'll talk to you again. John, thank you so much. Have a good one. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber. JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook.